Before we say anything, we should uh, do an intro. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, you guys waited? Mm-hmm. Oh. Ah, friendship. <laughs> I'm David. I'm Jordan. This is a completely unprepared podcast. And uh, in completely unprepared fashion, I'm just looking at the AFC and NFC standings. <laughs> nice. Well, there are only three teams that are mathematically eliminated. So. Really? Only three? I thought that was what it was. How many else are there? Because it was just this weekend that the Browns oh, shit, you're right. and the Niners and the Giants all were eliminated mathematically. Wow. Welcome to the apocalypse. Denver yeah. is not eliminated at 3-8. and eight. Nope. Trevor Simeon, you're going to come back. And not I just felt... not eliminated, they could win their division. <laughs> I felt so bad for little Paxton Lynch sitting on the <laughs> sidelines crying. Like... Uh, I felt like he looked sad. It was very sad to see. I'm not what sure if he was crying because like, he was realizing, like, oh, I had all these NFL aspirations, and uh, given the opportunity, things have not gone well. Or if it was legitimately just because he hurt his ankle. But I it mean, definitely looked like he was crying away, like, this is the last time I'm going to start in the NFL, isn't it? I mean, I cry over losing all of my hopes and aspirations at least once a week, so he can really get used to it. <laughs> That's my nighttime ritual. I don't know what you're talking about. Lose you know, them. I tried to do it every night, but I had to cut back a little bit. <laughs> Ran out of it Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> it was getting unhealthy. <laughs> what, are, what are some other teams that... Are there any other three-win teams that are currently still in the hunt? So the three-win teams in the... Like, I can't imagine that the Chicago Bears are still alive. <laughs> they're 3-8 and eight as well, but they're, they're so far out of... Because the, the NFC actually has the Seattle Seahawks at 7-4 and four are currently at, out of the playoffs. Um, um, the, the Bucks have a legitimate shot at 4-7. and seven. I mean, they're four games back in their division, but it's not impossible, I don't think. Yeah, um, the AFC West. There's a, there's that chance of uh, chance of someone coming in. Yeah. Um, especially now that uh, the Chiefs are on a three game losing streak, despite that what five and zero start. Yeah, everybody's talking about how great they are. Woo, the Chiefs, they're amazing. They beat the Patriots. <laughs> to be fair, for those five games, they were very good. Yeah, but then what the fuck did they do? They had five great games. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get hot at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, they've had six shitty ones, but five, it was five good ones. Week one, where they beat the Patriots too. Did you guys talk about Geno Smith already? Before, before we mentioned. before we get to to that, real quick, I want to point out one last thing on the Chiefs here. Their next three games are the Jets, Raiders, and Chargers. They could legitimately be like seven and seven after that. I mean, they should be nine and five after that. <laughs> they should, but I'm saying they could legitimately. They could. 
I could see them easily fucking up the game to the Chargers, and I could see them fucking up either the Jets or the Raiders. Probably the Raiders. But, yeah, Eli was... That was uh, disappointing to see, to say the least. Yeah. I didn't like what... what, what and I don't know if this is substantiated, but uh, the fact that they came to Eli and said, you know, like, oh, if... Uh, or we're going to try out some other quarterbacks, but, you know, you can still start. And then he said... If you're if you're not gonna if you're gonna try out other quarterbacks, don't bother starting me. Uh, I don't care about the record that much. Like I understand that, but like I want as a if I'm a coach of any kind, I want you week in and week out fighting for that spot. I want you to earn that spot. Like I want you to have the mentality of I'm going out there and I'm gonna fucking earn this spot every single week. I'm constantly competing to get that spot. But like none of this passive, like oh yeah, it's my spot. But if you're gonna give it to someone else, then just do it. Like you don't own that spot. I don't care how long you've been there. You earn it every week. And yes, most quarterbacks will earn that spot every week. But yeah. it's just such a fucking little passive whiny thing that he did. And I guess <laughs> it's just kind of his personality. Uh, he's not the strong confrontational type. He's the quiet, solemn. But it's just, it was just kind of weird and whiny on his part. Yeah, I, I wonder know. how he would be acting right now if he were in Case uh, Keenum's spot. Case is performing extremely well, and they're not getting behind him. No, yeah, and and that's a that's a perfect that's a perfect example. Case Keenum uh, is written out of the league every single year, and every single year he comes and he fights out and he gets a spot somewhere. That's what I want out of a quarterback. And yes, I want a better quarterback than Case Keenum in general. Mm. But the kid's a good game manager. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people use that like it's a curse word, like, oh, he's a game manager. Like, no. You know who the best game manager in the entire game is? Tom Brady. That no. is the ultimate game managing quarterback. All that, that really means is that you're constantly adapting to the situation, which is what I want out of a quarterback. Yep. I, I don't need you to be going out there and gunslinging and shooting and getting all as many points as you possibly can. I just want you to get the win. And if that means that you need to go out on a drive and spend three plays every, you know, first down and you're just going to, you just want to run the ball as much as you can, or you want to keep it, that's fine. Just as long as you're working on winning, which I think Case Keenum does a very good job of. Okay. So Eli Manning has a 42.1 quarterback rating uh, on, <laughs> on ESPN. Wow. You should have, you should be able to, as Eli Manning, you should be more than able to work with the tools you have. Yep. You yeah. have two fucking Super Bowl wins over Tom Brady. Yes. Like, you should be able to figure something out. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's honestly, it, it kind of is like when you have that one, like, middle senior manager at your company and you're like, dude, why haven't you ever, like, lived up to your full potential? Like, you could totally, like, I don't know, get in and, and like, and in promotion you could be like a vp somewhere like you could really like push the envelope like you totally could do it like it's not the fact that your coworkers are shit like just take some initiative like literally like work hard and i don't know like give a shit yeah. and he's just like no you know what? actually like i'm pretty okay with where i'm at like i understand like my own limits and like i understand my personal role and i have like these other things that I like to do outside of my job, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, all right, dude, like, that's you. Like, I feel like that's kind of the attitude that the Jets are taking with this at this point. They're like, all right, Eli, like, 
we gave you this fucking chance like we know that you can probably do a little bit better than you've like been giving us for the past couple of seasons and yeah. at this point it's probably just like a curse thing i don't know like i know nothing about the giants front office but i feel like they probably mimic eli's characteristics in that regard because he's been there for so fucking long yeah you kind of have to be that way with him but now is the point where they're just like, look, like we have not been able to build a viable future for this team. Like we can't keep doing what we've been doing for yeah. so many years. And so then it's like, well, like you can stay in your senior manager role if you want to, but just know we're going to try and find a guy who really wants to take this to the next level. Yep, absolutely. It's a lot like uh, <clears throat> the, the last season, couple seasons with uh, Kobe and the Lakers. Like, yeah, they're trying to show you respect. They're trying to keep you on the team. But if if you're not going to fucking give it your all, don't hold them hostage because they're not going to get rid of you. you. You've done a lot for them. And that yeah. your current state does not take away from what you've done in the past. But don't hold them hostage by forcing them to keep you. Yeah, I don't think Eli is holding anybody hostage per se. I think he's just like, yeah, I get it. Like. Well, what, no, yeah. what somebody else pointed out today was that it's a bad sign that Eli did what he did. If it's if, if the whole thing of like, oh, you can keep your streak alive, and he's like, no, I don't. Like, if you're gonna put other people in, then just like bench me. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's true, like it's a really bad sign for an, a team looking to possibly add him next season. Yeah, it's 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 a bad mm-hmm. sign on his competitive because if you're Eli and you're going, no, I'm I'm gonna keep starting, and he you put him in. If you're winning at halftime, if he's performing well, you're not going to still pull him at the second half and put the other guys in. You're going to go and try and rack up some more wins, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it comes back to that you know initial argument. Like, as as an owner and a coach, we want you to have that competitive drive. We want you to be fighting, and we want you to be mad if you're not going to be starting. Yeah. I don't want you to fucking cry into a corner. <sighs> I told you that I'm going to put in other guys because I thought it might light a fire under you and make you want to go out there and take that spot back. But if you're just going to, you know, limp dick away, <laughs> what the fuck do I want you for? But yeah, it's the, uh, the NFC playoff picture in particular is really, is going to be really fun to watch. So seven of the NFC teams are seven and four or better. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking shit show. Jay will either be very excited or will be drinking very heavily. Win or lose, we booze. <laughs> hey, that's ASU's motto. You can't steal it. No, ASU model or motto is there's no there's gonna be no payment right now, but there's a there's a job available for you coming up. <laughs> it's called yeah, you're putting yourself through college, right? <laughs> Jay, when was the last year the Seahawks missed the playoffs? 2011 but you know not out of it yet nope um it's you're out of it right now it's it's a hard road ahead especially uh sunday (laughs) sunday night we got the uh eagles at home uh so that's gonna be interesting oh my god i just looked at your ending schedule oh yeah (laughs) it looked a lot better before rams cowboys cardinals oh Yeah, it looked a lot better before the season started. Yeah. Like, I remember looking at the schedule before, like, in the preseason, and I was like, oh, we got a nice, nice little ending to the season. That's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. Oh, that's a uh, no cakewalk no more. 
like I said, it's a tough fight ahead. And uh, <laughs> I'm hopeful, but not optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, goddamn, that's that's going to be rough. The yeah, nice it's... thing is you've got Panthers and the Falcons and the Saints are the three that are up above you. Mm. And I believe they all play each other still. Yeah, that the, sounds right. The Falcons play the Saints twice still. And then yeah. they play the Panthers and they play the Vikings. But we want the Falcons to win that because uh, the Falcons have the head-to-head on us. No, no, doesn't that mean you want them to lose? Uh, no, because if we end up with this, if we're both wild cards with the same record, then they would go in and we wouldn't. Yeah, so you want the Falcons to lose. Well, if they win their division, then we don't have to worry about that. Oh, I, I see. No, yeah. you want them to lose because the Saints are already 8-3. and three. We're only a game back from that. If uh, Falcons beat them, <clears throat> then we're uh, right there with them. And then I don't know how the point differential goes at that point. I, say, I think um, I feel like a, a win is more valuable than a tiebreaker. But Yeah. Because, again, you still have the Carolina Panthers to worry about, too. What, what, what's the deciding factor on two uh, on two teams that haven't played each other that are tied for a wild card? Conference is it... record. Okay. Yeah, well, then their their conference record would be worse than ours. Or wait, yeah, divisional record, I think. Which yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <clears throat> we um, have one one divisional lost. Where if uh, Falcons beat them, I think they'd have two. Especially yeah. the Panthers beat them. But yeah. Um, yeah, so they all play each other, and the Falcons play the Saints twice. So that's gonna be those gonna be some fun games to watch as the season wraps up too. Yeah, the Saints are, are surprising this season. Like, yeah, eight and three without Brandon Cooks is yeah impressive. They're nice, especially. Quiet. Michael well, yeah. Thomas is that good. Mm-hmm. Apparently, because I know I'm not the only one who thought that Willie Sneed was going to be the uh, go-to target, and he's been very little. He's yeah, he's been very little this entire season. No, I thought it was going to be Michael Thomas. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I didn't I, say uh, everyone. I said some. Okay. Okay. Granted, lot- I thought he was going to be better than he is, but I also thought Kobe Fleener was going to be better than he is. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Kobe. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. But then again, we kind of just thought that the Cowboys were going to be better than they are. Yeah, God damn it. I'm very grateful for that. Before the season started, I put money on the Cowboys having more than 10 wins. And I put money on the Eagles having less than 8 wins. Ooh. Yeah. Neither of those are going to pan out. Yeah, I've lost both of those. <laughs> I mean, the I mean, Cowboys could still get exactly 10. It would be a push, but they'd have to win out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can do the it. Seahawks. I hope they don't. <laughs> Not because they play the Seahawks. I just, I just, whenever David's got bets, I'm, I'm always rooting for, against him. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the other day when he, when uh, he needed Justin Tucker to kick a field goal to uh, keep his playoff hopes alive in fantasy. I'm not even in that league. I was still rooting against Justin Tucker. I was like, <laughs> come on, miss that kick. God damn it, I made it. <laughs> I was so excited. I'm now I'm now third tied for uh winning on a tiebreaker to get nice, into the nice. playoffs. Damn. 
<sighs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm on week, one week to go though. I'm on pace to win to make the playoff in five of my six leagues. Wow. One, the one of the one of them that I'm not going to make is the IDP league, the uh, defensive player. Yeah, I, I didn't play that one enough. Definitely <laughs> not making it. All right, let's get off of fantasy because the only thing worse <laughs> than pencil. talking about your own fantasy teams is talking about your own fantasies. I mean, Actually, I think I, like... my fantasies are pretty exciting. I don't. Yeah, yeah I feel I'm like still in talking about your own fantasy is probably worse. Or yeah. a fantasy team. I. Uh, At least I, people can relate to your own fantasy team. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have that player also. Yeah. No, I, I feel like, you know, like forty nine percent of the people in the world can relate to my uh, my fantasies as well. How many how many men are in the world? Uh, it's like forty nine percent of the population, right? <laughs> well, take out the like one percent that are gay. Oh well, I think it's more than one percent, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably like two. Wasn't that what the ninety nine percent was about? <laughs> <laughs> We'll go with it, sure. <laughs> Just let that one be. I uh, didn't. I was on the wrong side of that argument, apparently. What the one percenter argument? Yeah, I I thought we were. Uh, wow. Okay, I got it wrong entirely. <laughs> I I I have some people I need to go apologize to. <laughs> Start writing your thank you notes now, or your apology notes. Um. Oh, <laughs> so now we're on. back on track, maybe. All right. Um, moving forward into the NCAA and college football, where where do we even begin? Like, uh, there's just so can much. Can I can I be the one to say that it's dumb that Alabama's five? Uh, yeah, and it's not even just the fact that Alabama's five, which is ridiculous. Um, it's the fact that they ranked uh Miss they keep Mississippi State in as a four loss team. They're still in the top twenty five. And then they put in South or not South uh, Fresno State at twenty four. Oh, just happens to be two teams that Alabama has. So then they get to say, "Oh yeah, Alabama. They have wins over these top twenty five teams. They didn't have a shitty schedule. They played these guys. So I know they didn't get they didn't go to a conference title game, but we're still gonna let them in. So fucking dumb." It's pathetic, and it's so blatant. It's so blatant. At this point, there's literally no hiding what the agenda is for this. Not even just this committee, but, like, the NCAA, who sanctioned this from the fucking get-go. And, like, there's going to be – there's already the narrative of – I told you guys this about how, like, everybody's like, we should expand it. We should really, you know, we should make sure that we're all playing, like, even eighth games. We should do quarterfinal games. No. Because then you're just going to keep expanding this deeper and deeper until your top 25 are literally just like all of Alabama's opponents, even non-conference, and then Auburn. No, no. You ready ready for this? I've been working on this for a few days now. This is a a new segment called Busy Fixes the Entire uh, NCAA Playoffs. He nukes it. Cue some music. Get up. Come on. Get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it blow into me. Anyway, so here's how you make the playoff objective and perfect. Uh, there's probably going to be some issues with this, and but anyway, here's my here's my suggestion. It's going to be perfect. Step, so there's going to be issues with it. Hey man, sorry to I haven't thought it. Into, <laughs> I haven't thought it all the way through. You are well, not I, sorry, David. Don't apologize. Oh, you caught me. God damn you, people. Okay, um. Go. Anyway, 
First step, you make it an eight-team playoff. And I know, I, I agree with your rapid expansion issue, but hear me out. So you have eight teams. I don't have the a rapid P- expansion issue. Eight. <laughs> Talking. <laughs> hey, that's what she's or he said. <laughs> oh my god. So you have eight teams. The uh, five conference championship or com- conference champions from the Power Five conferences automatically get a bid. They're automatically in. Doesn't matter wh- what ranking they're at. You win your conference. You're into the playoffs. If you're nine and somebody else is eight, but you're nine and you won your conference. Tough shit, eight. Should have been better. Furthermore, if you are undefeated, regardless of what conference you are in, and you have at least one um, out-of-conference P5 win, so you have to at least have somebody on your schedule, uh, you automatically are put at the highest ranking. So in this case, Wisconsin would probably be number one, and UCF would be number two. You're automatically bolstered to the top. So as a G5 team, you have an objective way that you can get into the um, get into the playoffs. It, you have to be undefeated, and you have to have at least one P5 win. I think that that's pretty fucking fair. Maybe Independence, they have to have nine uh, P5 wins. Just kind of seems fair on that one. For the P5 wins or for... They they have to have at least, as an Independent, you have to have at least, uh, you'd have to have at least nine P5 wins. Because that kind of counts as eight conference wins plus your one out of conference. I guess my biggest question is, how would you get... I mean, I'm sure that you could get nine Power Five schools to agree to scheduling you as an independent, but you have to like work your Notre, way up to it. Notre Dame does it. Well, yeah, that's true. But BYU I mean, does it. Yeah, BYU too. Yeah, and like it's kind of your fault for not being in a conference. schools. Yeah. And, but I think that's fair that you just, you have to agree that you have a uh, solid schedule now. Yes. There's still a a subjectivity to the playoff in in this situation, but there is an objective way for every single team to get into the playoffs. Uh, If you're a P five, you can either, well, if you win out, you're automatically in pretty much. Yep. Uh, And if you, and if you don't win out, but you can win your conference, then yeah. That's fine. Then well, we can think... objectively say, oh, yeah, I know Auburn has two losses, but they they fit the criteria of they beat they won their ti- their uh, conference title game pending a win on Saturday. They, they won their title game, and that is an objective way that they can get in. So, yeah, there's still a, a subjectivity, but there are at least objective ways, which makes it so even the teams that get left out, you can say, yeah, I know you got left out. You're at the cusp. But uh, yeah, you should you should have won that extra game, and you would have been in. You should have won your conference title, and you would have been in. It just seems more fair. You don't have to have complete objectivity, but give everybody at least an objective way to get in. Yeah, well, because I mean, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to object objectivity. Because right now, I mean, we've had this conversation so many times over the past year of how blatantly not objective the CFP committee is. And I mean, it's, it's difficult. I get it because when they first started it out, they wanted it to be, you know, we want people who aren't football ex like, well, not aren't football experts, but aren't like the people who are mired in it every single day or the people who, you know, 
might be able to bring a more rational explanation as to why we're including X team over Y team, blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. when you do that and I mean, you get ADs involved and you get people with like a peripheral knowledge and understanding of the importance of these programs having a shot at a national stage. I mean, that's how you convinced every single team starting back in 2010 that they had to schedule a non-conference opponent at least halfway across the country, if not like literally a 13-hour fucking plane ride away in an international place. That mm. that was the only way that your team is going to get any recognition whatsoever. Like you need to schedule at least four top 25 teams in order to get any sort of recognition. And yeah, it's true because they made it true. Like they created that narrative to where the school started to believe it. And that's how you get into these facility wars of like, you're never going to get any good recruits if you don't have a locker room with 13 hot tubs and 40,000 massage chairs. You need to invest all of your money into your facilities and not into giving your student athletes actual credible resources. I mean, oh, yeah. that's where it's like the fact that the NCAA still ultimately decides the college football playoff committee. It's not like, I don't know what the process is, but like the fact that it is still overseen by the NCAA is what kind of ultimately needs to change. Absolutely. In order for that to be like an actual institutional change where you're focusing on, yes, the best college football programs in the country. Well, and like, look at the committee, like just to, to continue on what you're saying, like look at the committee that they've put together. Uh, it's f- filled with athletic directors, three of which have te- or, or have had their teams in the playoffs, despite it only being what three, four years old. Uh, so, four. Clemson, this is the fourth. Four, year, four years. Okay. Clemson made it twice. Their athletic directors on there. Oregon was in the first one. Their athletic directors on there. Uh, Ohio State made it into the very first uh, playoff in a controversial decision. Yep. And their athletic director is in there, and they try to claim objectivity by saying. Oh, whenever we have somebody that's directly related to a program, they are required then to step out. They rec- they have to recuse themselves from the conversation. So we can't. They can't talk about their team. They're not allowed to be a part of that decision making with their team. Yeah, but that but doesn't lobby the shit out of their other committee members. Exactly. Why and the can... fuck else do you think political action committees are legally like legal and like American politics? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, let's say I'm. Uh, Let's say I'm Oregon's athletic director, and Oregon has had a magical year. They've come back next year. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> it it's going it's to happen, and they, they're they sitting at number five uh, the week before their conference title. Everyone ahead of them wins their conference title, and uh, I'm not, I have to recuse myself when I talk about Oregon because, you know, it's my team, but we're looking at uh, Ohio State that's ranked number four right now. We're going to talk about them. Well, Guys, I don't think that Ohio State's any good. They they they've won some shit games. They've had some close win. Like they're a shit team. I'm going to literally shit all over number four. Yep. When I know that I'm number five right now, yeah. <clears throat> and I, I can recuse myself from number five because I can't talk about my team. But I can shit all over the other teams. That's fine. Exactly. And there's yes, no objectivity to that. Strength of schedule is a totally viable, somewhat objective way to measure. <laughs> You know, each team, somewhat objective, okay. 
these teams' <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's somewhat because, I mean, but the thing is, it has become such a complicated mathematical equation that only, I think, like a handful of people really actually understand. Mm-hmm. Like, FPI or all the fucking indexes are so mired in like what the fuck does this even mean like when you're looking at a team's rpi and you're like trying to equate x team over y team over z team i mean i'm sure that there's like for some people it makes mathematical sense because you're talking about okay you're looking at your quarterback efficiency plus your offensive you know capabilities your offensive production versus your defensive whatever the fuck you want to be measuring but it's not mathematical at all. Like I'm no. sure that it started out that way, and I'm sure that somewhere deep in a basement in Indianapolis in the NCAA offices, there's like an old ancient like Macintosh computer that still is like churning out why like Clemson <laughs> is in number one because of like some random obscure statistic that nobody even tracks anymore. It's printing it on like a dot matrix printer, just all this fact. <laughs> exactly. Because My God. That whole thing, it's, it hasn't been updated to account for the subjective fact that these kids are entirely different nowadays than they used to be back in the days when things like RPI and your original strength of schedule equations were being like formulated. Yeah. So to your point there, <clears throat> uh, Wikipedia, second paragraph, rating percentage index. The RPI lacks theoretical justification from a statistical standpoint. Other ranking systems, which include the margin of victory of games played or other statistics in addition to the win-loss results, have been shown to be a better predictor of the outcomes of future games. However, because the margin of victory has been manipulated in the past by teams or individuals in the context of gambling, the RPI can be used to mitigate motivation for such manipulation. Yeah, uh... Fun little anecdote, speaking of, uh, back in the 1930s, uh, that, w- that was the deciding factor for, w- the you know, your margin of victory is the deciding factor for uh, who gets ranked uh, above who. Yeah. And uh, John Heisman was the coach of George, was it Heisman? John Heisman? I, I, that I sounds right. Remember. Anyway, Heisman was the uh, coach at Georgia Tech, and yes. he thought that that ranking system was bullshit. And it just so happened that that season, uh, Cumberland University uh, canceled their program. But because of the timing that they did it, they were still required to play their first game of the season, which was against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yes. And And they lost what? 222 to zero. Yep. Biggest blowout in college football history. Or in football history. I don't know why I have to say college football. Yeah. Because what happened was they ended up just having to get like a couple of frat bros together to make a team. And uh, if you look it up, this is I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote. It might be a little bit off. The only successful play was a kind of human pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even like call it a human pyramid. They're like, they kind of stacked on each other. The question is which part, which, which noun were they saying kind of about? <laughs> Yeah, the human yeah. kind of pyramid or the kind of human pyramid. <laughs> really, they just got a couple of those tackle dummies and put a leather helmet on them and said, "You know what? We're just going to stay on top of these guys and see what we can do." 
Yeah. But, so I, I like your I like your method, Jay. Um, I, I have one issue with it. Uh, yeah, go for it. <clears throat> it's to- it's totally open for what 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 issues are or are wrong. I'm just been kind of thinking in my head. The issue comes in deciding uh, who plays in the conference championships of each conference. Why well, do just... we have a Pac-12 North and a Pac-12 South? Uh. Because uh-huh. we do. Honestly, such a good question. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just want to like come out and be like, "Well, come on, that's a fucking easy." And then it's like, eh. but it depends on the conference, right? Because like, it, uh, it worked out. It worked out this year for the Pac-12, right? USC has the bec- best record. Stanford and Washington have the best records. Stanford beat Washington. Head-to-head. It works out. Yeah. Works out. yeah. And, and I'm talking strictly conference record, not overall. Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, that, but well, you'd like you'd, you'd like the uh, Big Twelve then. Because Big Twelve has no divisions. The Big Twelve. That's great. Uh, until this until this year, last year, last year, last year did not have no. a uh, whenever yeah. did not have a conference title game. Because what their contention was was well, first of all, we only have eight teams, so we can do this. Unlike other conferences, and that's the real answer is because there are more than eight teams in each conference. Yeah. But uh, because they have such a small one, they what they do is they just they have everybody play everybody. And whoever has the best record and and has the head-to-head, because there will always be a head-to-head victory, uh, they are the outright, the outright winner. Well, so this gets into the philosophical Sometimes. debate of the consolidation of like college football power five conferences. Um, when they were starting to talk about realignment a few years ago, ESPN The Mag had this really incredible article <clears throat> about, you know – you're consolidating into these quote power five conferences that are really going to be where all of the college football talent is concentrated that, and that was kind of the NCAA's quote unquote solution for fixing the, we're not paying these kids problems at the time because it was like, okay, these five conferences are going to consist of the most elite football programs. They're going to be aligned for that reason. Also Kansas. Also. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> quote unquote mostly plus a couple that were grandfathered in because it's like Eli Manning we can't just tell you to leave like you've, you've had like three wins in the past 10 years like we can't just be like sorry bye like you're going back down to the American Athletic bye Kansas we need your basketball team because otherwise we make no money um well they don't make no money but you know what I mean no yeah they make more um, money with them Well, and then you get into the whole thing about like, okay, the ACC, when they did their alignment, they were like, we're going to be the only conference to align based on our basketball programs. And we're not going to be crazy about football. And yet you still have Clemson in like the top four and making two college football playoff tournaments. And you still have at least like one or two outstanding ones. Anyway, so it's like, yeah, that too. So it's fantastic there too. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like they were like, hey, you guys are crazy. We're going to do our own thing based off of basketball. Like, no, they still have had football success as a conference because they were able to expand so much to where they make up for like Syracuse and whatever else. I mean, I can't say anything about Syracuse because they beat Clemson, but whatever. So to uh, answer your question, David, it's entirely up to the conference, right? Like. However, the conference feels like they want to put out their champion, then that that's up to them. That's totally good for them. 
there was issues before because you know Big Twelve didn't have the, a conference title game, so they so the playoffs committee was like, well, I mean, you guys technically have a champion, but you didn't play a title game, so yeah. I can't like give you this thing because you didn't play a big another big player from your conference to finish the season, which is what screwed TCU when yeah. uh, which kept them out of the playoffs the first time before uh, Ohio State ran the table. Well, yeah. I think it's when you say the conference does what it wants, like having seen how the conference like makes how conferences make their decisions, like they're really at the will of the school presidents. It's not the ADs. It's I mean, yeah, the ADs have their input as well, but it's the presidents of each of their institutional schools that make these decisions. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting because like they'll have the meetings and they'll, you know, go through Every single year they go through what quote unquote rule changes, but more like the rule changes kind of come from each program's coaches and they'll meet and whatnot. But ultimately it is like university presidents making the call. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the committee is like, you're having these people who, I mean, each university is different, but I'm just going to kind of go on a limb and say most presidents aren't exactly like pro the athletic department because it costs them all so much money and so many of the alumni never really give back a whole lot Mm -hmm. money wise. And so they're like, well, we need to be able to make up for this huge deficit that's running in our budget because these programs take up a shit ton of money. How can we best do that? And then you have somebody like little Larry Scott peeking his head out of a trash can being like, let's do TV contracts. And the presidents are like, that's genius. Like let's, let's sell our, let's make a title game. Let's make this like the NFL. Everybody loves the NFL, right guys. And Larry's just over there like, sure thing guys, I'll get right on it. And then you have where we're at now. And yeah. Larry doesn't really speak that way. Love and, you Larry Bear. If you ever listen to this, but. <laughs> Which he definitely will. He definitely will. The thing I like about conference champions though, is the, the way each conference has it set up is there is an objective way to get into your conference title game. It, it's very cut and dry. Yes. And yeah, so in my my little playoff scenario where conference champions get in, there that runs the possibility that someone can go undefeated in their conference and lose every single out-of-conference game. Not likely, but it could happen. So yeah, you might have a three-loss team sitting at nine, and there's only eight yeah. teams, but they, they won their conference. Sucks for number eight. Right. Like, I think I like it in that I like your plan, Jay, in that it gives flexibility and it makes it easier for some teams to get an opportunity to make it in. Yeah. But also, I feel like if that were the way it would be, it would become like not like an MLB situation. Because, I mean, obviously, the MLB, like you lack the salary cap, you have these these teams that have a shit ton of money, like the Dodgers, and they're still unable to win the World Series. But they still make it like Yankee, whatever you have, like these teams that have the money and have the donors and will sink all of it into that. Um, so from that point, it's like, okay, if you're looking at it from a purely statistical you know, who's winning your conference championship? How can we get the best player? I mean, that's kind of where they're at now. Like still, how do we get the best players? Um, it would, it would, I think they would have to go through a lot more rule changes regarding recruiting yeah. um, to allow for that. If you're just going strictly based off of conference championships. 
Yeah. I mean, I, and that's, I totally agree. And, um, cause yeah, that's the other thing is recruiting is completely unchecked. Like Nick Saban will always have a good team mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't have to do shit for recruiting. Really? I mean, he obviously like, don't get me wrong. The man can recruit and has done a very good job recruiting in the past, but at this point he can just coast this shit. Yeah. There's, and he shows up to people's houses and they're like, Hey, you're going to play for Alabama. And they're like, all right, I guess I'm playing for Alabama. Fucking sweet. I mean, I'm going to Alabama. <laughs> well, that's the difference between recruiting and scouting. I mean, Nick Saban's staff, holy shit, like incredibly deep knowledge of every single fucking high school prospect out there and yeah. what player we need for our offense and how can we go about getting him. And like, so yeah, oh God. Have, you, have you seen their linebackers? Oh my gosh. It's insane. They're so they, like, they look, they all look like safeties. They're so big and fast, and it's insane. That's how he beats the spread. He's got the most badass linebacking crew in the fucking world. From the get-go, and he gets it because he knows, like, that's what you're talking about the last time we all spoke, was, like, he gets his team, and he's he's one of those coaches that sets the trend for the rest of college football. Like, Mm -hmm. so he scouts, he gets the talent that he needs, he sees he sees what the NFL is doing 100%. He understands where the NFL is going in the next five or six years. So he gets the guys that are going to be, A, wanted by the NFL, and B, creating this new style of offense that's going to feed into that to where every other program needs to pick up that slack. And then every other program starts recruiting, and they're like, how can we like? How do you beat those teams? How do you do that? Well, okay, you have teams that are like, let's try and be a little different and run a different offense, and we'll try and do this. And so they try and recruit certain types of players, but their best talent probably might not even be somebody in their recruiting strength. And then you have to like go be like, oh, let's get a head coach that might be able to recruit this specific type of player or in this specific area that turns out these sorts of things because we're looking for this specific offense. And then it just gets completely mired and you have your coaching carousel, which by the way, <laughs> by Todd Graham. Um, by Todd Graham. Yeah, but did you see the uh, report on who could be heading to ASU? Are we still talking Kevin Sumlin? No, re- I'm looking at the headline right here. Reports, Erm Edwards in line to replace Todd Graham. What? As ASU's That's next the actual motherfucker if you're kidding me no, right now. No, former what? NFL coach and current ESPN analyst Herm Edwards is in line to become Arizona State's next coach, pending approval of the university president, according to multiple reports. <laughs> oh That's... my god, you're lying to me right now. What? That's delicious. That's actually great. <laughs> I've been staring at it for like 15 minutes, just waiting for a way to get it in. <laughs> Aren't you so glad that my segue hey. was so great? Okay, hold on. Let's back this up. First of all, I am ashamed of myself for not knowing this. Did this break today? I'm, I'm looking. It's the number yes. one headline on NCAF News. It broke on, six uh, hours ago. Okay. It broke around four. According to sundevilsource.com. Oh, fucking Chris Cartman. Wow. If Michael Crow approved. Michael Crow, why would, what? Why would you? Yeah, so that's, uh, a <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, actually, no, this, this makes sense. Now that I read this Arizona Central, because I forgot that Edwards was an advisor for Ray Anderson when Anderson was in an NFL executive. Anderson was, uh, Ray Anderson, our AD, was his agent. Hmm. Interesting tie, I guess. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, speaks to the close relationship between the two longtime friends. When Anderson was an agent before working as an NFL executive, he represented Edwards. Hmm. Uh, Edwards never yeah. was a head coach on the college level and hasn't coached since 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited. Oh, my God. Which, which pretty much means you shouldn't be. <laughs> you, you realize we're going to have we're gonna have Herm Edwards uh, and Chip Kelly, uh, Chip Kelly joining mm-hmm. the uh, Pac-12. Again. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. This is like, this is always my knee-jerk reaction to whenever something is so fucking ludicrous. <laughs> you know, you know, it'd actually be less ludicrous as a, of a coaching decision if you guys hired Ludicrous. In <laughs> <laughs> a recent turn of events, Ray Anderson also represented Ludicrous on the NFL circuit. <laughs> Why? Luda. <laughs> yeah, that that coaching carousel is um, pretty interesting. You got. What was it? Joe Moorhead to Mississippi State. Dan Mullen to uh, Florida. That Greg Shano to Tennessee and then out of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah. In less, than, <laughs> in less than a day. Wow. Yeah. That was a shit show. That was fucking hilarious. Before we – before, because I'm sure you guys have something to say on that. Before we go there, um, other headline that I see here. Florida State University fan kicked out of Jimbo Fisher's radio show audience for questioning coach's loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I wish I had that real power in real life. The oh, fan yeah, told of- Fisher he used to love the coach's enthusiasm for the Seminoles. <laughs> oh my yeah, well, you guys fucking shit on him all last year. <laughs> and the even the year that they lost the Rose Bowl. Like, yeah. the, people were keying like, their players' cars and shit. Like... That is such a shitty fan base when they start to lose. Honestly, Florida State fans are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember many, many moons ago, uh, I was on a, on a forum and there was a Florida State fan in there that said, uh, why does Oregon think they even stand a chance in this game? Florida State is a storied program oh with my God. the best quarterback in the nation and all they have is a... Uh, was it? They, they they said he was a system quarterback. Look, I am surprised that the Florida State <laughs> fan was able to navigate onto the internet more than just going to Pornhub. <laughs> so the fact that he was able to put together at least like one coherent sentence, I this think he gets some props. <laughs> this ain't I wish real. I... She don't even look like his sister. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had that guy's information. I, I would I would put him on blast right now. Because oh, there was I nothing mean, more vindicating than that Rose Bowl win. I yeah, mean, we were on to sure lose the title, but oh my god. I'm sure you saying that already encompasses 90% of Florida State fans, so <laughs> they're all technically on blast. Yeah, like, and he presented it as like, I don't mean this in an offensive way or anything, but why does Oregon think they even stand a chance? Like, <laughs> the most disrespectful thing you could say, but I don't even, I don't even mean it as an insult. I, I don't even, I just don't understand why they like think they to have a chance against us. We're the best team ever. I don't think they're stupid. I just don't think they possess brains. (laughs) (laughs) What what was that one? What was that one from AJP? 
I have no idea. To call you shallow would be an insult to the ground. To the ground floor. Oh, that's a fucking good one. (laughs) Oh man, yeah. I I mean I don't know. That fan base has has something else coming. They always do. But yeah, Uh, I'm just uh, I'm really excited for Jimbo to be in College Station and uh, see what he can do with the Aggies. So that that'll be interesting. What what else is happening in the the coach? Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't actually get to talk about it. Tennessee with Greg Schiano. Yeah. <laughs> the so, power of the fan base and the boosters. Oh my god. I'm seeing mixed reports though. Did he actually do anything? Um, he was. I know he was getting mad, and he's saying that they owe him uh, compensation for pulling out of their deal. But they didn't really sign anything, so technically they don't owe him. But they really do, because I mean, like they they hired him, they announced it as the hire, and then you know the fans think that they they were the ones who did it, you know, because they went and painted the rock and it said uh, Greg Schiano helped cover up molestation or whatever, you know. Oh. But really, the I don't think the program could give a damn about that. I think what really scared the program is that a lot of the boosters said that they were going to pull their funding if they hired Greg Schiano. Because that's what really speaks is money. They could give a damn about what the fan base actually says as long as they're getting paid. Hmm. But as soon as the fan, as soon as the boosters started threatening, then they're like, "Oh, we were kidding." Well, we I mean, want to hire somebody else. T. Martin, well, get over here. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, the fact that they even went with Greg Schiano, like. I I know that he's like the not the greatest person to work with. He's not really a friendly human being, right? <laughs> like for lack of a better term. Um he what what remind me okay, I'm trying to remember his coaching history cuz he was at Rutgers, right? I think so. The yeah. the concern the concern that everyone's got is uh in 1990 to 1995 he was an assistant coach for Penn State University. Back Obviously you know what happened. You, you you know yeah. what happened. You know what yeah. happened back then. And then now, oh, we like... were going to be discreet about that. <laughs> oh, no. Now there is a test there's a testimony out there uh in which somebody uh I forget one of the one, some assistant or something go McQuarrie, I think was his name, goes and talks to somebody in charge, I don't remember who, and says, "Hey, I saw What's his name? I saw Sandusky diddling kids or doing something with a kid in the in the locker room. Yeah. And the guy said that this was not the first time that that had come up. And McQuarrie claims that one of the people that he mentioned was that Shiano uh, had, had come to him before white as a ghost or pale as a ghost or something like that. And, you know, said that he'd seen something in the 80s and that nothing had ever come up with it. So in secondhand hearsay, which I'm not saying is wrong. I'm just saying that it could be wrong. It, 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 yeah, it's unsubstantiated. It's yeah. it's somebody hearing from somebody else that somebody had come and said something to him. Well, and the thing and that, that like... and that was that was 20 years ago that he would have heard that Shiano said that, and even then that was a 10 year old story. Yeah, there is definitely room for error, and yes, that he has no reason to lie about it. So there is that. But it, it, there's also that possibility because everyone thinks that your brain works like a computer, like you remember something and that's how it was. But it's not really the case. Uh, yeah. Our brains are a lot more complex and more <clears throat> lucid than that. We might think we remember something, but it's not really the way it happened. Hey, you said so, this last week. 
<laughs> but did he? Yes, I think. No, I can remember. I'm sure I can. It's, a, it's an important thing when you're looking at testimonies like this. Yeah. And again, he could be entirely right. And I'm not trying yeah. to defend Greg Ciano. I'm just trying to give him that benefit of a doubt that maybe he didn't cover up molestation. Because that's a very like big claim to yeah. just go on somebody's secondhand hearsay, right? Well, like, I'm, cur- I'm more curious about, I mean... Yes, it was the secondhand hearsay. Yes, all of that is, you know, a completely valid argument. But A, like, you're still looking at him as a human being. Like, even nowadays, like, there were so many rumors, not rumors, but, like, pretty factual statements about how he was just, like, a total dick to so many people that he worked with. Like, he was very authoritative. He was very tyrannical. Like, nobody really liked him. He was honestly just an asshole and buy it on top of that you have all of this shit from penn state mm-hmm. like you have all this background with yep. all of that tennessee still went through the hiring and interview process talked to their biggest boosters of the program because yes most of the boosters came out but you have to know that like they at least went to one or two of those major Vols boosters and were like, hey, by the way, like, we know that you contribute a shit ton of this money. Like, what are you thinking? And they're just probably like, huh, sure, why not? It looks great on paper, blah, blah, blah. Coaching records. Yeah. He's part of a winning program. Yeah, that's going to be great. And then they still, like, nobody vetted it and nobody sat back and thought twice to just be like, you know, this might not play off pretty well. Maybe we should maybe we should hold off a little bit and you know, at least like talk it over with some other people, maybe bring Butch into the office just for show. Like maybe we should, you know, I don't know, mull this the fuck over. No, they just went straight to the fucking presses, like gun on the tr- like trigger with the fucking automatic on. And yeah. we're like, yo, Greg Shiano, new coach. And everybody was just like, What the Are fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, really? Like, no, you yeah. Think this through at all? I don't think they've thought through their coaches for a very long time. Because no, like here, here's the f- last coach because of the vet, Brady Hoke. Oh Christ. Uh, oh God, Butch Jones. Butch, yeah. Who's who's probably their best choice so f- out of all of these? Uh, but, Butch Jones, uh, Derek Dooley, adorable Derek Dooley. Uh. <laughs> And then before Lane Kiffin, Kiffin. Phil Fulmer, like they don't make good decisions at the head coaching position. And yes, Fulmer had some very good years. I I understand that, but he's also had some very bad controversy, right? Like so much of that program has just been muddled with terrible head coaching decisions. You'd think that one year they'd just be like, all right, we just need to go with someone safe. T Martin is a knockout higher for them right like it's it's the perfect one there's nothing there's nothing controversial about him uh yes he's he's an alumni uh he he's got all the right things he's worked at a winning program it's just an easy decision because it's not it's not gonna cause a big firestorm yeah there's nothing funny about it but (laughs) you have this fan base that's been kind of fucked over for years now with their Tennessee's coaching decisions. I mean, mm. this is this was honestly just like you had already soaked everything in kerosene. 
Like you were just waiting for a match to light it at this point. Yeah. And you you could have gone the safe route and maybe like, I don't know, like dried it all out or like put it all under a tarp or something like that. Or at least like put it all in a barrel and lit it to where it was controlled. Like T Martin probably would have been that way. They would be like, okay, that's fine. Like we're just going to burn it, whatever. Fine. No, instead you just like fucking threw a stick of dynamite in the middle of it. (laughs) And how the fuck do you expect your fans to not react in this manner after the way that you've been running this program for years? No. Yeah. You know, I think it's really funny. Your is, tweet uh, on it is really funny. Which one? Your tweet. Greg Schiano proved that someone can be the University of Tennessee head coach shorter than Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's an, that's an original. Holy right, yeah, that's I'm sure. yeah, before great. this ends, I really want to get to Lane Kiffin's Twitter game. Yeah. Well, what I thought was funny, too, just on that transitional note, is after they painted the rock saying, Schiano helped cover it up child molestation, the next day, they painted it, and it said, uh, bring Lane home. <laughs> like, that fan base crucified Lane Kiffin after he screwed them over to go to USC. And now they're like, can we please, can we just get Lane? <laughs> I know we hated him before, but we just had to endure Butch Jones, Brady Hope, and Greg Schiano. Please just give us Lane back. Oh, and Derek Dooley. So this is the perfect time to segue to Lane. Tweeting out a picture earlier today, no caption, a picture with Kim Jong-un's face photoshopped onto his body in a Tennessee quarter zip, (laughs) saying, breaking news, Kim Jong-un has turned down the Tennessee job. I'm sorry, what? Lane Kiffin, official account, tweeted this out. Here, I am going to No, I'm I'm following him now. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh yeah, his Twitter game <clears throat> has been so good lately. Um, there was another one earlier in the week where uh, he, he's saying like he's talking about, he, when they asked him about the Tennessee job. Uh, he said that he when he came back from being late for a player meeting, he told his players that he was late because he just got off the phone with Tennessee. <laughs> I love him. Oh man, Joey he- Freshwater. He is just so incredibly salty on his Twitter. <laughs> He's like, just kind of a salty guy. He like It's what okay. gives him his edge, but regarding the bring lane home spray paint, he <laughs> says, "I flew to Knoxville there last night to do that why you were asleep. Thanks Knox. <laughs> now get back to third grade class. Your teacher just called." Uh graduating person emoji, owl emoji, fire emoji, football emoji. Bowling pin emoji at fine bomb at ESPN. Rarely nice. used bowling pin emoji. Hey man, his team's going bowling. He just turned FAU into a bowl game team. I'm just it's so it's so terrible because like when I worked with him, he was like he's a chauvinistic guy. He <laughs> lame. I mean, it's lame. Joey Freshwater. Joey Freshwater, right? But all of a sudden, I'm just like, you fucking go, Blaine. Like, you fucking tell him. His his Twitter is great right now. He retweeted uh, Darren McFadden saying that now that I have some free time, I just realized that Razorback football needs a new head coach. Hit me up. <laughs> yes. Oh man, this I'm trying to find trying to find the one that I really. really he loved from like a couple of days ago oh this one here he goes see and this is where i'm like 
please, for the love of God, I don't care if he doesn't write his own tweets. In my brain, he does, and that's all that matters. This was from two days ago, the 27th. As Tennessee again finds itself engulfed in flames, Lane Kiffin waits by his phone, not waiting at all, because that was the first sentence from this CBS Sports story that he quoted. He is not waiting at all, getting this team ready to win its ninth straight against a great North Texas team. Come to the championship here in Boca Dennis at the FAU at ESPN. Oh, he, I like, and then fantastic. he responded to somebody who responded to him uh, at Seth Thompson sixty nine said, "Dad, please come home. I miss you." To which Lane <laughs> Kiffin responded, "No, that's funny. Are you eight now?" <laughs> oh, Lane! Uh, and then he tweets out prayers and meditations. With the caption, hope this helps anyone who's going through a rough time. Prayer hands emoji time too. Uh, Move over, Mike Leach. We're we're a Lane Kiffin (laughs) podcast now. Also, no, we still have to get our Mike Leach quote of the week. Uh, I found the one that I really wanted, though, where he had a still of Nick Saban doing that owl hand sign. (laughs) That's also like that trolling hand sign. With the hmm. caption, even the greatest coach of all time is Owl in. <laughs> that's great. Um, that that's just so that's just so Joey Freshwater. I love it. <laughs> I know. I think every week, in addition to a Mike Leach quote reading, we need to have a Lane Kiffin tweet reading. Uh, I feel like the Mike Leach quote is that fucking. Did you guys hear his uh little talk about fa- family values or whatever the fuck it was? No. Talking talking about being married. Um, this is the one I, was I particularly of. loved the video of him and uh, Chris Peterson uh, during, I don't know if it was before the game or at halftime, no, it was before the game, where they're standing next to each other, just like shooting the shit, whatever. Mike Leach is eating a banana and it falls out of his mouth and Chris Peterson just kind of stares at him like, what the fuck did you just do? And Mike Leach picks the banana up with a hand and shoves it back into his mouth as it's like he catches it on his chest and then just keeps talking to Chris Peterson as if nothing is wrong at all and wipes his hand on the ass of his jeans. That's just so both of them. (laughs) I did. I did hear a fun stat that uh, since Chris Peterson's gotten there, uh, Mike Leach's offense has put up 28 points in total against uh, Washington and Washington's defense has put up 21 points against uh, Washington um, State. <laughs> sorry, no, I just found the, the quote, in the end you'll wish you eloped. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic, okay, so in <clears> this, <throat> it's like a two-minute video. I sent it to you guys. I highly recommend it. But uh, he basically just goes on this whole rant and tirade about what it's like being married and all the ironies in it. The women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was, I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th- that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. 
and you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is, of course, true. Uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. There's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so, so you need to work late, uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books, uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. Um, and in the end, you'll wish you eloped. Uh, you need to find um, excuses uh, that they'll buy uh, to be as far out of harm's way as you possibly can. And uh, it, it's fantastic. Well, <laughs> Thanks. Oh, so great. That's, it's, just, it's just Mike Leach being Mike Leach. I also appreciate how the guy who asked the question is a reporter who's getting married in now, I think it's tomorrow or something like that. Pretty soon. What, yeah. Like these reporters <laughs> know at this point, like they just need to ask him the most ridiculous questions and they're going to get two minutes of fucking gold. Oh yeah. The easiest job in the world is being a, report, a sports reporter in Pullman, Washington, right? Like you show up there, you show up at what, and what, Washington State after a game, and you can literally be like, "Hey, Mike Leach, if you had a boat, what would you name it?" And you know he's gonna give you five, two to five minutes of just fucking nonsense, but it's gonna be so entertaining. Uh, like last week's presser, apparently somebody asked him about a turducken, and he went on about a one and a half minute rant about how he used to eat duck meat sandwiches every day. I believe that. <laughs> That's you can just shoot the ducks where they used to live. Uh, I'm super jealous that I didn't get to watch any of Sports Jeopardy. I saw one question about Ed Hockley. Yep, zebras. Yep. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Ed Hockley for a living is a lawyer. Like, that dude just fucking loves rules. There's two <laughs> things that guy loves. He loves working out and he loves rules. He loves Most enforcing cool. rules. And he loves... So bench pressing. If the NFL starts actually employing full time referees, he's like, I'm no, I gotta hang it up. <laughs> this is just my side gig. Right. Actually, yeah, wouldn't they? I'm the best at it, but this is just my side gig. Yeah. I don't know the last yeah, time someone's been friends. like terribly mad at so uh, say, name a better ref than Ed Hockley. Uh you could just say name another ref and I wouldn't be able to. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was kind of banking on that. But I was hoping that instead it would look like I proved my point. Well, gentlemen, (laughs) shall we wrap it up and and talk about next week's stuff? Yes, indeed. I do like that we managed to get through this entire thing without talking about uh, any football games in particular. Yeah, we just talked about the state of football. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Pittsburgh just beat Miami. We're like, eh, okay, whatever. But the fact that UCF isn't in it, horse <laughs> shit. Uh, four, four, four and seven team beats number two. It's it happened again. Oh, ten, ten years later, the exact same situation. No, they're going four, four and seven pit going up against the number two team in the nation. They beat him in the last game. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But I the was... fact that Scott Frost isn't going to a title game, horseshit. Um. So what are we talking about for next week? What do we got going on? Um, the 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 one that I'm most excited for personally. Uh. Well, actually, there's a lot I'm excited for. The NFL game I'm excited for is uh Bengal Steelers Monday Night Football. Yep. Again, yeah. it's just so fun to watch those teams beat the shit out of each other. Yep. Vontez perfect. Let's. Uh, I'm excited. What is that idiot gonna do? Who's he gonna punch this time? Is it gonna be Antonio? Is it gonna be Le'Veon? Who knows? But it's gonna be exciting no matter what. That that game is so dirty and so disgusting every season. It's gonna be awesome. It, it's just gonna be an interesting game, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, other big games that are happening this upcoming weekend. Uh, all of the conference championships uh, are gonna be massive. Uh, it's all top ten matchups. Who could have made that happen? Oh right, the the people who write who write the fucking headlines. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Action. I, I saw somewhere someone wrote, uh, you know, if you look at the conference championships, it's already like we have an eighteen playoff, because they fucking made it that way. It, 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 it's headline writers who get to decide who fucking goes in, right? Like, yep. yeah, the NCAA gets to sell that. Like, right. Enough. We, we we've ranted enough about the committee. No, anyway, we haven't. <laughs> we've ranted a lot about it tonight. I will, I will be on my deathbed cursing the college football playoff committee. Do you guys see that Tyrone Willingham's on the committee? Yes. The only only coach in Pac-12 history to ever have a winless season. Christ. <laughs> and he's not even the one I have an issue with because at least he knows football, right? Yeah, true. Like. They have the president of, what is it, Robert Morris University. Never played collegiate football. I don't even think he played high school football. No. He's on there. Fucking why? They have, they have a dude that's lives. literally a sports journalist, a college football journalist. A retired headline writer is in there. Yep. yep. Like, that doesn't make you an expert in football. Huh. I does that am i ruling myself out yeah i shouldn't be in the fucking playoff committee either if you didn't play football and you've never coached football you have no you have no right to be in there condoleezza rice used to be in there she didn't have a any fucking call and she's a very smart person i agree yeah but actually i would probably argue for her over a lot of people because her only real allegiance was to stanford that was her alma mater so she didn't really have any horse in the race, and she was probably a lot smarter than some of these other boneheads that are fucking <laughs> on this committee. So I'm all about Condi. Bring her back. <laughs> I I like her better than active act, uh, athletic directors. Exactly. I'll, say that. I'll fucking take that any day. I just think the entire committee should be nothing but former coaches and former players. I think the committee should be nothing but sitcom writers. <laughs> Anyway. I don't know what I'm excited about this week. Um, I let's see, what can I get excited for? Auburn excited Georgia for rematch. T- yeah, Auburn Georgia is gonna be good. Uh, TCU Oklahoma, that's gonna be a fun, weird game. I'm really actually excited for that one. Um, 
I'm probably more excited for pro football, obviously Steelers, Bengals. Um, also, like, I feel like a weird game is going to be Niners, Bears. I feel like that's going to get a little odd. Um, Jimmy G. Jimmy, what is it with uh, C, C, uh, CJ Beathard sitting yeah. on the ground? Jimmy G came in two for two last week, 14 yards and touchdown and a run, which uh, got called back, but it but was still, still a very nice run. He was in there. Mm-hmm. It's going to get fun. Um, yeah, it's exciting. What I thought was really shitty uh, in that situation also is that when CJ Beathard went down, Mr. Beathard, when he went down, like, <laughs> The, all the Niners fans in the stadium started cheering because they're because Jimmy G was going to go go in. That is the least classy thing you can fucking do, right? Yeah, congrats. What'd you expect of Niners fans? <sighs> a little bit more. <laughs> it, it was just so well, pathetic. You and stop that. Yeah, I, I try. I, I want the best out of people. I really do. Well, it doesn't okay. mean you should expect it. It yeah. was just so shitty. Like, here's a kid who's done all he can for you this year well he's and not to mention a like, rookie good kid yeah he's a he's a nice like yeah i don't want to miss my quarterback but i'm not i'm also not gonna cheer when he goes down yeah secretly in my brain i'm gonna be like damn that sucks but hey we're getting jimmy g to go in that's awesome i'm excited to see this moment but i'm also mm. not gonna sit there and cheer as this kid gets carted off the field with an injury yeah that was and, pretty fucked up and he's a kid too like he is a rookie yep brand new what, what does that mean 22 maybe I don't know. No, he's he's a baby. Is he? Let's see. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's 22 or 23. But yeah, hard. maybe that's how Eli should have gone out instead. Everyone would have cheered when he got injured. <laughs> GTFO. Yeah, he is uh 24. Oh. So I, he's older than me. I don't know why I'm I'm I'm, I'm supporting him. He's a child. Uh. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> and beyond that um detroit at baltimore yes that's gonna be a fun one two, are they both two teams that are just on either just in or just on the outs for playoff contention yeah that'll be a big one that's gonna be fun um also panthers saints um yeah. just because those are such diversely different teams i guess that is going to be interesting to see them like match up against each other not to mention whoever uh gets that win uh it, it leads the nfc south and likely will win the nfc south because yeah. not now they'll have they'll be a game ahead and they'll have a tiebreaker against the, the head to head yeah so those are the ones i'm probably excited and granted uh you know the falcons aren't far out but still they'll have the outright uh win over the other one yeah. moving forward um I'm excited to see the or the Packers uh, after their really, really good showing on Monday. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do against the Buccaneers. Oh, with that, Bart Hardley? Yeah, Bert Hardley. Yeah, that kid. Um, he, he actually looked great uh, in that Steelers game. I, he's good. Once he gets comfortable, he's mm-hmm. more than happy to start running around a little bit and getting out of the No, yeah, he looked calm and composed. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I thought that really was terrible was their their uh, play calling on the last drive they they looked like they were playing for overtime and it's like you're on the road against the team that's leading the AFC right now you should still be balling out and at least be trying to get the field goal to win the game and it doesn't mean you're going to but at least burn some clock cuz they i think it was within 2 minutes and they still 
They didn't burn off very much clock. It was a three and out, and they gave the ball back, letting the Steelers go and w- win with the go-ahead uh, field goal. Yeah. Play play with a little bit better. I don't know why that they – like the play calling was just weird. None of it looked like they are they just looked like they were content to go and go into overtime. It's like you're going against the best team in your conference and you have – or in your division, and you have to – and you have a young quarterback and all these other things. You should be trying to take every opportunity you have right now. But it'll be interesting. Let's see what they can do against the Buccaneers. Uh, Falcons, Vikings, mm-hmm. another another big one. Yeah. Yep. Some playoff implications there. Yep, yep. Um, also, I've been texting you, and uh, Return of the Hack, a.k.a. Mac, says, please give me a shout-out. Here's your shout-out. You got it, dude. Return of the Mac? Hack. Return of the Hack. Who's Return of the Hack? I went to college with him. Hack Daddy? No. It's return of underscore the hack. Is this his Twitter handle? Another Sun Devil. That's his uh his Reddit username. Uh, you have been I forgot you guys met on Reddit. Yeah. Return of the hack. I met Hacker. Jay the old fashioned way. That's something that fucking like sixty year olds say when they're complaining about the millennials on their cell phone dating things. They're like we met the old-fashioned way. He was my neighbor growing up. And then we didn't have anybody else to talk to, so we just ended up marrying. Yeah, the old-fashioned <laughs> way was uh, we had to. There, there was no one else, so we got gay. <laughs> <laughs> the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned gay. We together, and that was the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if it wasn't for the sex, I could totally be gay. Just hanging out with the, with a buddy. That's it. Sounds great. Yeah, kicking it. Relationship yeah. goals. I know, right? It just sounds—it's just so—it sounds so easy. Pretty like, much my goal. Yeah, that's all. Just, hey, man, you want—you want to watch the Punisher tonight? Yeah, dude, that sounds great. <laughs> Sweet, let's do it. Yeah, Perfect yeah that sounds accurate. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's like what Joe and I did, except that it was always cops. Yeah. Yep. You want to cuddle? Not at all. Perfect. Yeah. Me either. Thanks. Good talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because like I dating in San Francisco, you don't get anybody who's like that. You get either like these super crazy and well, mostly you get these very ambitious people. And I, you know, I like, I like dating them. They're really good. They're fun. They're respectful. Like they have really great jobs and like they're all that. But also then I'm just like, at what point, do I reveal what I'm like on a weekend watching college football? <laughs> Literally, how much of a deal breaker is that going to be for this person? Yep. I, I feel like, as a, I was seeing this girl. Oh, it was brief. Anyway, um, and uh, I don't remember where we were. We were at like a bar or something. And uh, I, got, I got distracted because college football was on and I looked at that. And she's like, oh, what are you watching? So I said, oh, football's on. And she's like, oh, who's playing? And I, it was like Miss State or something. And she's like, oh, is that college football? And I was like, yep. And she said, oh, then who cares? Oh. So that's why our relationship never prospered. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to have equal interests or at <laughs> least be able to allow each other to enjoy them. Because while Tess is not a big football fan, 
she just lets me do it. And then exactly. And then whenever basketball's on, she just goes, uh, Blazers are on. Okay, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch the game on my computer. <laughs> Even like not sport, it's so funny because the only pe- kinds of people that I've been able to find that like I'm really compatible with in a relationship are either the people who are as into not just like like as into a sport as knowledgeable as able to like hold their own and like talk about it as I am or people who have no fucking idea about sports at all yeah like oh go do your own thing like that's that's your thing like I'll be over here and like we can together and like we'll have some things in common obviously like there's never any middle ground because it's always like I will like if this guy who has like very middle knowledge or just like tries to act like he knows what he's talking about i'm just like this is not gonna fucking work dude no yeah like i I, i've never dated anyone who liked sports and i think that's just because i'm like way too inflammatory when it comes to talking about (laughs) sports like i have my i have very strong opinions and then there's not, not a lot of them are like mainstream most most of them are like yeah, the administration cares about money. That's all that they fucking care about. You know, not not the fun kinds of sports ones. It's like the bitter, jaded opinions. Yes. So it's not fun. Like it's not fun in a relationship to talk about sports with me. So yeah. I, I think I do better with girls who are like, I fucking hate sports. Cool. We don't have to fight about that. Yeah. I can. I I have my thing that I can go and enjoy. And it's One great. Thing. And uh, exactly. When when uh, when when you're around, we'll we'll watch say yes to the dress or something like that. I don't, I don't give a shit. Oh, God. In the same vein, my best one of my best girlfriends is my best girlfriend because she has the exact same jaded opinion about sports that I do. <laughs> nice. She comes from a college football working background, and so she and I like ninety percent of our text con- like I'd say actually like fifteen percent of it is about her cat. Five percent of it is about her dad, and then the remaining eighty percent is about the the terrible things that we hate about college football. So relationship goals, athletics. Yeah, that's 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 what I need. I want to talk about your cat, and I want to talk about why football sucks, and I can let your dad talk go. That's my babe. That's my my bestie. (laughs) There's a there's give and take in a relationship. Uh, I'll listen to you talk about your dad. The rest of it, that's that's perfect. Exactly. All right, well, David, get some sleep, or try to. You're falling yeah. asleep probably right now. I gotta get up here in about seven hours. Right, well, you got plenty of time to sleep then. So my dad and I was like, white people, am I right? And to which I got to laugh and a, well, you're not wrong. <laughs>